Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right. You know what that means. You are listening to The Mystery of Parenthood. Uh, if you can, slow down. Just make sure to check your surroundings before you do so. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, we are here. And uh, all right. So we'll start as we always do with Stephanie and our prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. And grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Holy Family of Nazareth. Pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray for for us. us. In the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So um, Steph found a great article, and it, it fits right in two ways, very consistent with what the entire, how many every years we've been doing this show, we've talked about. And um, and also because this is the, this will be airing the Tuesday after Holy Trinity Sunday. And so, uh, you know, this is, I'll, I'll, Digress. But when, oh, no. when, when I went, when I went, <laughs> when I went to go get my master's in theology, I remember a a particular person uh, who who said, actually, it was a priest, but um, who said, "What are you going to do with that? I mean, like, what positive is that going to bring?" <laughs> and getting your master's, and in getting theology. my master's in theology, and. And it was when I started studying, I was like, well, th- this is exactly the stuff that we all need to know. So the theology actually bears fruit. So the invisible, the theology, the God who's revealed himself, but we can't see, is meant to be manifested in our daily lives. So if we don't understand who God is, that's that informs what we do and the way we think, then we can't. So if we don't know theology at least at some basic level, then that's, you know, how are we going to manifest it? How are we going to make it real in our lives? And then another thing, I was talking with a, a friend of mine who's, who was just asking, why, why did God confuse things by revealing himself as the Trinity? I mean, we just need to get straight to Jesus. And, and it's because the Trinity is mysterious, but he's revealed enough to himself that that's it. And in fact, if you read the Vatican II documents, that is the number one thing that Jesus came here to do was to reveal. That was n- numero uno, to reveal God as a trinity. That had not, that, and that's only possible because God decided to reveal it, and he sent his only begotten son to reveal that, and of course to save us as well. <laughs> but that was something that nobody had known, thought about, or anything to reveal himself as trinity. And so I think this show with regard, and it's, this is by the Pop Chacks, um, Greg and his wife, Lisa, Lisa, um, and very much, I think, on target. Um, it, it basically, the article is four ways that the family can imitate the Trinity and reflect God to the world. I'm going to say it, and you're going to get tired of hearing it, but a sacrament <laughs> is a visible sign, an outward sign of an invisible reality instituted by Christ to confer grace. 
marriage is a sacrament. Therefore, it's an outward sign of an invisible reality. That invisible reality, reality, among other things, is to be an outward sign of the Trinitarian life to this world. And that's what this whole article is about. How do we do that? So where do you start? You start off with the theology. You start off with what has God revealed about himself and how does that play itself out in our image and likeness and what, how do we become like him? It's something that we cooperate with him on. Really important because from day one, and, and they mentioned this, day one of creation, God says, let us make man in our image, male and female, he created them. And so image and likeness is something that he shared with us just by the way we're made. But I mean, the image communicates that it's the sign, but in terms of likeness, we're meant to actually behave like him by the way he's revealed himself. And so that's what this article gets at the crux of. I mean, the crux of the article is how do we reflect God to this world, which is exactly what the sacrament is meant to do. It's a sign to reflect the invisible reality of God as a trinity. That's a newsflash maybe for some. (laughs) Well, and I think it was so, his very first paragraph or their very first paragraph to me was like, oh, I, I mean, like, you know, these things, but I don't know, for some reason, the way that they, the way that they wrote this about, you know, God wants us to know and love him intimately. But how do you get to know someone you've never seen? Well, maybe you send them a picture. One way is to send them a picture. And um, they go on to say this is exactly what God does by creating the family. Um, again, like you said, we all know we're made, we're human beings made in his image and likeness of God. But God isn't an individual. He's a trinity, a communion of persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So if you were going to draw a picture of God, it wouldn't be one person. Right. It would be a family. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, wow, that's... <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, that really well, like, it resonates. I hope it'll resonate. <laughs> yeah, with him, resonate it, it, yeah. But is it is yeah. a it, it is a, a truth of of the sacrament of holy matrimony that we are meant to reflect that to be a picture, as they say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to this world of that. And I'm going to quote Pope Emeritus Benedict, which I think is a really cool one. That that his line, which is. Uh, The human family is, in a certain sense, the icon of the Trinity because of the love between its members and the fruitfulness of that love. And again, one of the things we know, they don't necessarily talk about it here specifically, is God is love. That's right out of the Bible. And he is life. And love and life are meant to be united in one. From love produces life. Um, as it's supposed to, and that because that's who God is. And so um, it's those two things, the love between its members and the fruitfulness of that love, um, what comes out of made manifest in that. So um, anyway, uh, just getting to the Trinity, I mean, again, it, it's communion of persons um, and but it's one God, and that kind of means that we're, as a family, meant to be a unified whole, right? Not just a group of individuals who happen to just kind of live together, but actually have a common mission, a common way of looking at it, and that that's founded on the love between the members. And so that gives us kind of an overview of, of what that's meant to be. The other thing that's important... And this is goes to not just the family as a whole, but God's revealed himself as unity in diversity. I mean, so you've got, you've got a unified whole, but, but you've got these three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who are one God, and each of them are God, but they are one God. And that unity and diversity, you know, we talk so much about nowadays, you know, being diverse God's not a God in and of himself <laughs> is a proponent of diversity 
We've talked about that before from the way, you know, we talk about the way we should look at our children is they are unique and unrepeatable creations of God. They are, they are diverse. So, I mean, I don't know about y'all's families, but <laughs> I can tell you the six children we have are as unique as six people. <laughs> I mean, in terms of personality, in terms of looks, in terms of what pushes their buttons, what gets them excited, what moves them, and all of those things, are the diversity, and that's a good thing. Um, but diversity by itself is not something to be sought to the exclusion of unity. It's meant to be built on and founded in the unity of those people, which is, again, the centrality of that is love itself, to love one another um, as Jesus has loved us. So anyway, they, they, um, they go on to talk about um, the four uh, ways that we can, can do that. So, um, yeah, the way our families are called to be the picture of God's face to this world, um, which no matter what our different missions are, obviously we are hoping that we are bringing God's love and God's face um, into this world, and it starts in and through our families. Right, and encouraging the unique unrepeatableness of each of our children and of ourselves to become fully united in love and guided by love, but to be fully themselves, not to become like me or like Stephanie or one brother like another brother or a brother like a sister, but to become who they are. Mm. And that's that's really important. And I think there's a line here that's pretty cool. It says, you know, God extends an invitation to the world to join his family through the loving witness of your family. So that's everybody out there listening is God is inviting you, inviting Stephanie and I as their families and as married couples with their children to be a witness to the truth about who God is as a Trinity. So anyway, um, it says, but, you know, we're going to go to these four things. And the, the four things are to pray together, to love deeply, to love generously, and to love joyfully. Um, and so, again, you have to work at these things. You have to have, a, you have, to have an end in mind. I mean, you want, listen, I, I, I'm sure y'all are not any different than us. I mean, we have our issues. I mean, <laughs> we're not even close to perfect. And, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, we hear you, and that's one of the things I do not want anybody out, out there to understand. We have our own problems. We are all sinners, and we struggle, but that does not mean that we shouldn't be trying to um, manifest in this world. And that's where our joy and happiness comes from. So mm -hmm. praying together, um, the first one, it's they say families need to pray and worship together to learn how to love one another with the love that comes from God's own heart. Families that pray and participate in the sacraments together are actively learning to love at the feet of the master. Praying individually makes us God's children. Praying together makes us God's family, a domestic church. And I think that's really an interesting thing because that's, that's true of us as a whole, right? I mean, we're meant to pray individually. We should have our alone time. But we also are asked as a church to come to church and gather as a community around the source of all unity, the Trinity, and in and through Jesus to, to do that, to be a communion, a communion of persons. Well, if we're the domestic church, that's what we are meant to do. We're meant to pray individually, but then come together as a family. I know we could do better. I mean, now it's harder. Well, I was just, that's so funny because I was just thinking how much that has now changed for us because, you know, we don't, um, you know, get up with our children and have breakfast before people go off to work or off to school or, you know, there's no more carpools, no more driving in the car, no more, you know, um, those those days have, have, um, 
have left us. But now, I mean, the difference is, is, you know, just talking to the children about how we can specifically pray for them or, um, you know, what what are some of their struggles and um, and how we can, you know, keep them um, in in prayer and and obviously, you know, encouraging and making sure that, you know, they're still um, going to church and, you know, um, participating in the sacraments, which, you know, thank God and and all the saints. <laughs> so far, so good with, yeah, with mean, our crew. But yeah. As um, I look at the family, I mean, I you know, yeah. for, for us, where we are now, I mean, I called, you know, another son. This is the way I did it. I said, you know, hey, I went to confession today. It was really, it was great. When was the last time you went? You know, just checking. And, and you know, every once in a while you, you'll be surprised. Uh, but but I think kind of still encouraging them to mm-hmm. live that faith out. You want it always to become their own, right? I mean. Absolutely. And so, you know, I'm at, a, I'm at an age where I'm not like calling them and saying, okay, when are you going to mass? Or <laughs> You know, um, but it is kind of cool. I mean, for example, one of our kids was was out of state and, you know, there was a part of me to a 21 year old that that I wanted to say. So what arrangements have you made for mass? Because he was going with a Protestant friend over the weekend and and um, he, he may have felt it or something because he said he said, I just walked out of the prettiest Catholic church I've ever been in, you know, in I forget what part yeah, Florida, and, sent, and sent, sent the name and, and everything. So it was, that was a good affirmation of that. But I think that that's something that we want, we want to make it their own. Um, and again, how do you, I mean, how do you do that? I think they've got to grow up going to church. <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, that that's, I mean, for me, even prior to my conversion, because I grew up in a in a household where mom and dad, I mean, we went to church every Sunday. I mean, there was never a, oh, well, we can just skip that. I mean, if we went out of town, we went to church. If we were wherever we were, we went to church. That's, I think that helps a lot because it never, even though I would say I was probably not a, um, I, I'm probably more nominal Catholic back in those early days, I still had that like ingrained that that's what you do on Sundays. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you don't want that (laughs) by itself. But again, have to is better than me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, uh, but you want to get where they want to go um, where it is. And that's why also, you know, we used to always say we get to go to mass, right? There was, they've never heard, I don't think any of us saying, well, we have to go to mass. It's like, we get to go to mass. This is the most important thing that we do every week. So anyway, um, praying together and worshiping together is that. And from a theological standpoint, just, just saying the source of all unity is the only place where true unity exists and true unity. The only source of that unity is God himself. It's not, a negotiation. It's not a, hey, let's get to the least common denominator. It's union with God himself in and through his church and in and through the sacraments, which actually give us the grace, which is a participation in that very divine life that we're meant to make happen. I mean, made to make concrete in our daily actions and the way we work with each other. So... Anything. And I think it's just so beautiful that, you know, no matter where we all are um, participating in mass, we're, you know, we're together, whether we're all in College Station at St. Mary's or, you know, we've got some in Austin and some, you know, vacationing in Florida. And, you know, so it's such a beautiful reminder, you know, to the kids and to um, to one another. I mean, it's just so important for all of us to be praying one another. I mean, not only our families, but to hear your kids, you know, asking how you can pray for others. I mean, so blessed. Got a precious little message from my God, our godson, who's in the in 
the Holy Land. in the Holy Land right now, and and he's sending us all these pictures from the Dead Sea and from you know from where Abraham's sacrifice was, and and he he asked me for my intentions, and so he's carrying. I mean, it's just you know, it's so prayer. Is, I, I think you know we probably I, I and I'm at the top of that list of underestimating that 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 power of prayer and and how we can you know be supporting one another. Um, in prayer. So, yeah. so, so pray together, it, both t- teaching them how to do it individually, you know, giving them like, you know, Steph used to always do the, the candle and make, make time, the quiet time for them. Um, and still be a witness to that. You know, I, I, we're, we're by ourselves most of the time we have one that's, that's moved back in, but I'm not doing this because it's what I, it is what I normally do. But I want him to know that I'm up reading my Bible in the morning. I want him to know that I'm that I am praying in the morning, even at you know his age. I want I want them to see that. So um, make that a habit. Uh, the other one, the next one. So the first one's pray together. That's one of the ways you make it make the uh, Trinity manifest in this world. The second one was love deeply. Um, what they say is the love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit knows no bounds. Our families are also called to love one another deeply. And they say, they ask the question, how do you make this happen? We, we take time for each other. Um, parents who do not have time for one-on-one time with each of their children cannot communicate the intimate love of God, the intimate love God has in his heart for each one of us. And that's a challenge to us. And again, that doesn't have to be, can be, might be a good thing to have a date night with when your kids are younger. It doesn't have to be that. It could, it can be just the bringing the kids to practice, right? It could, it could, it could be picking them up from a friend's house after they've spent the night. Those little windows of time, we can get confused by saying, well, that's too hard to do. You have moments when you're by yourself with those children and they need to know that you love them. So you get, but you also need to take time. Well, and I think, I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but the whole quality time versus quantity of time. I mean, you're not going to get quality unless you have some quantity because, you know, you never know when that, when their little window is, you know, of their heart is going to open and you, you know, can pour something, um, you know, magnificent into it. Um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, a parting of the Red Sea kind of moment or, you know, what have you. I love, I love in the article how he says a family that um, families can't be an image of the Trinity by being collections of individuals sharing a roof and a data plan. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so true. I mean, you know, especially in this day and age, I think it's so important that we catch whatever opportunities we can because we are so busy. Families are so busy. There is so many things um, you know, that that pull us apart, especially that data plan, you know, can Yeah, it's funny. Um yeah. And you might be surprised it, if you if you do, I mean, Stephanie was always really good about saying, "Okay, we're going to put the phones up, or we're going to yeah, the kids always make sure <laughs> make sure it's not 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 beneficial." But it was funny. One of our one of our children went on a mission trip where she was completely disconnected from from her. I mean, completely disconnected. She couldn't look up anything on Google. She had no access to it for what eight days. Mm-hmm. And yep. what, what what was her 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 comment was I miss the lack of busyness. I mean, no, no, no I missed I miss yeah yeah the lack of I I I I miss the fact that we weren't always looking at what's the next thing or what's on my schedule or who could yeah, I she didn't text. miss that <laughs> she did not she did not miss that, that yeah. she missed. Being in Honduras where there was not the phone and not the schedule and not all the things that she had to do. That's what she missed. And she's one that probably if you had taken it away from her, would have had a a, a minor meltdown at, <laughs> at, the, at the time that it was happening. But the, but, but the fact that it had been taken away made her realize how much she was on it, how much... 
everything was dictated and how much the stress level of her life was dictated. Well, I've got to be here. I got to do that. This has got to get done. And to just be there. And I think springboarding off of that, when you have a family vacation, to make sure that they're is even extra time with the phone not with you mm-hmm. and that you make, I mean, we're struggling with it right now about when we now at our age with the kids as old as they are trying to tell them, look, we need some time just as a family, not no, no friends. We need some time just as a family to just kind of be together. Maybe with not even anything to do, to just be around each other. Because as Stephanie said, it's quantity of time leads to the possibility of quality time, I think. You mm-hmm. can't manufacture qual- quality time, I don't think. And it's very hard. Um, but if you're around each other and you have fewer distractions and fewer things planned and you're just kind of together... The conversations that come up, because I, I mean, we, the little bit of time we had that one time that maybe the weekend when we were just sitting around sharing stories as we were sitting in the in the lake house, you know, no phone, no have to be somewhere, already eaten dinner, just being able to tell stories and listen to stories and be around each other is something to be kind of sought mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and you have to do a little bit of planning for that yeah yeah and you i mean and you have to make those hard demands of you know uh of putting of, of really and and really it's so much the phone i think i mean we've just gotten so dependent on it for information and i mean it's not only communicating anymore it's just you know People now have their calendars on it, and they're you know, the, I mean, yeah. So it's just, um, it, it's really good to be able to. Uh, you'd you'd be surprised just making everybody in another room. It's not even you can't even just say don't look at it. Sometimes you have to physically put it away. <laughs> put it away because um, we really. I mean, I know I do. I, I mean, I you know when like I can't tell you when I've like when I've left the house and accidentally left my phone, how many times I go for my phone for something. And I'm like, oh, can't do that right now. I don't have my phone. I mean, right. it's like kind of scary. <laughs> it is. And I think, it, I think so work with your kids a little bit. I mean, you don't have to like say, oh, I'm going to take it last minute. I mean, you can prepare them. It's like anything else that you do. Hey, listen, guys, you know, we're going on vacation. Let's, let's agree. So prepare for this, you know. <laughs> So you you know the, the idea is not okay. Everybody put your phone like they haven't thought about it, haven't talked about it. Here's a bucket. Everybody put your phones <laughs> in the bucket with no forewarning. I've always found that if you can kind of give your kids a little bit of a heads up on the front end mm-hmm. <laughs> of what's coming and why, um, that you have a better chance to actually engage them instead of if you do that, you might spend the first hour explaining why you're doing it. You probably should have thought about before you have the right to do that you're a parent you can say i'm taking it but but in terms of actually making it um a positive experience a positive experience <laughs> hey we're going on vacation let's just dad's going to do the same thing or Mom's even one night a thing, week or like one night, one a, night week. a week you know? you know this is the night this is our this is our no phone zone night you know i mean you kind of make it a little yeah, and then you're going to do something. You're going to play games, mm-hmm, or you're going to mm-hmm. read a story, or you're mm-hmm. going to, or you're going to do whatever. We're mm-hmm. just going to allow everybody to talk about what, you know, what what's the best thing that happened to them this week, or something like that. And so I think that in terms of this love deeply, I think they're basing it on time together, just being together. I think and, I would add love deeply and undistracted. <laughs> well, I think it's hard to it's hard to love deeply if you're distracted. Listen, I'm the first, you know, Stephanie's been really good with me years ago when I particularly worked for myself, but even I'm pretty tempted when we do go away, I've now gotten where I can tell 
people that I work with back at the office, look, I'm going to check it in the morning and I'm going to check it in the evening. During the day, I'm going to put it up because I remember early on when I was working for myself, I mean, my phone was with me everywhere. And it, it's hard to invest in your wife or your children on a vacation when you're, I've got to respond to this email. Most emails, most texts, with rare exception, are things that could wait two or three hours. And the only reason you don't wait two or three hours is you see it there. And so I think it's a good idea to, um, to make a commitment. And of course, as parents, we should be the example. So yeah, I I enjoy my phone. I I got a lot of stuff to do on it, but I'm not going to make an excuse when I go, I'm going to put the phone up too, so that we can spend time together. Right. So love deeply. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Number three. So first one, pray together. Second, love deeply. Number three is to love generously. Um, This is quoting them. The purer our love is, the more it longs to be shared. God creates because he loves. Work to make your family a deeply loving place and consider the many ways you might be able to share that love. There are many ways to share the love you experience in your family. Welcome that next child through birth or adoption, support other families in loving each other better through small acts of kindness, host a family for dinner, be the peaceful, joyful, welcoming home where your kids, friends love to hang out. I mean, those are all things that we've tried to do. There is nothing more exciting than when my kids say, I've got friends coming in at this age friends coming in, I want to introduce them to you. You know, they're not running from us. (laughs) They're not like, oh, heck no, you don't want to meet mom and dad, you know. Um, And so I think that comes with with making time. So how do you love generously? I mean, I I can think of a few things, Steph, maybe, maybe you can too. But loving generously means... You have to actively say, okay, I've got something on my mind, something I'm working on, and a child comes to me with a question or a comment, and think about how do I build the reputation, the character, to where they know if they need me, they're going to get me, right? I mean, if they need me, they're going to get me. So even when I'm at work, most of the time... If they call and I can do it, I will pick it up and say, hey, just want to make sure everything's okay. Are you okay? Is this just a call? Because I'm in the middle of something. But if you need me right now, I can stop so that they hear my voice saying that. And nine times out of 10, it's sure, dad, just call me back whenever. Well, guess what? You need to make yourself a note. So that you call them back, so that you're known as somebody who says, "If I could, can we talk later?" That you're actually going to do it, but that's a conscious decision, and you kind of got to, in the beginning, in your mind, say, "Well, what does it mean for me to communicate God's love to my child?" Other than I'm going to make myself available, just as God makes Himself available to me, in whatever moment they're in. If they're calling me, they're they have some reason they're calling me. Same with you, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. and so if you being generous doesn't mean like lots of time necessarily. It can be generous enough to say, Well, my daughter's calling me. I'm gonna take the phone call. Now sometimes I do click the I'm in a meeting every but I'll usually say everything okay. Uh, you know, something to say to allow them that freedom to say, I, I really need to talk to you now. Um, yeah. but those are, that's and a I think that, I mean, that happens, you know, so much more, especially when you have little ones or, you know, they're under your roof. Um, just that gift of self when you've got your agenda and boy, I really struggled with that one. You know, when you've got your to-do list of things and you're in the middle of really cranking some stuff out and somebody comes in and needs you, <laughs> you know, it's so tempting to go, oh, okay, I'll just be with you in a minute. <laughs> you right. know, let me finish this first. Um, so I've, I, you know, I'll, you know, never forget when I really um, realized that, you know, the interruptions in my day were probably 
more God's will and my Holy Spirit to do list and were more important than, you know, the list that I had to do. <laughs> so really trying to pay attention to those interruptions. And I, I think you're right. I think that's how we we love generously is is that we put others above ourselves and you know right and so um, and it, it's i think it again you just you have to you have to make a conscious decision you know, what do i want to communicate what do i want to be characterized by you know we always have said you want to try to say yes you want to try to say yes if you can you don't want to be listen there's a time to say no but if if you can work with a way to make something not at the expense of their soul or anything like that that would always be a no but if there's something that you're kind of leaning to try to work to say yes, you want to be known as a yes person. And you know what? If you are known as that, the no's are much more readily accepted by your kids. I've found that over and over, you know, and I'll point out, I mean, usually I'm going to try to work this out for you, right? I mean, is that what you've found in your time? <laughs> In this family, we've tried to work with you on this. Really think this is not a good idea. Well, and a lot you of know. times it's yes with these parameters. I mean, because, I mean, that's what we're doing. We're trying to teach our children how to live in this world in the parameter of, you know, our faith and right. and reason. And, you know, so, yes, yeah, so many times I can think of that. There were situations where it could have been easy. It would just have been a Easier. whole lot less hassle <laughs> just to say a blanket no, you know. Um, but you you do the yes with, okay, well, let's talk about what this yes is going to look like, you know. Um, and, and so you're still getting to set, you know, set that geofence, <laughs> if you will, right. you know, but... Um, but you're saying you're you're saying yes, and you're working it out for you know for their good. Just like I mean, hello. Well, that's a, so, that's our God. <laughs> he works right. all those things for good to those for those who love Him. It's exactly so. That's <laughs> why you study. So God God works everything for our good. We have to be known as this is in your best interest. <laughs> and again, if everything is no, it's in your best interest then they're going to rebel against that. There are things where we've prayerfully with parameters have, have said yes to that. We were like really thinking about, is it okay to say yes to that? But if you start with, we're going to try to say yes. And they know that you're the type of person who's going to try to say yes then the no, heck, I work for a guy. I've always, I work for a guy and I used to always say, every time he said no, I accepted it so readily because I know he was trying to work it out for me. He wanted it to work for me. And that, I think that's just human nature. If we know the person's thinking about our best interest, then a no, even if we don't like it, is much more readily accepted. I mean, at least that's been my experience because I've worked for other places where every question, the answer was no. <laughs> and then at that point you get a little bit like, wait a second. I mean, come on, I'm not an idiot. You, you know, you want to make sure that they, they do it. And, and one of the other things I think on, on stuff like that in terms of loving generously, it is the fact that it's a little harder. So you got to give a little bit more time to it. Because the easy answer may be no. intensive. <laughs> maybe no. Um, oh, dadgum, I lost the thought trying to qualify it. Man, that's happening a lot these days. A lot. Uh -oh. But, 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 oh, for them to be able to, we've talked about this before, to allow them the opportunity to make the argument, if, if we start with a no, can you give us some additional information that might make us feel more comfortable with what's going on. And again, that does a couple things. One, it's, we want to work with you. Number two, we respect your reason and logic and ability to kind of think through things. I can express, these are my concerns. This is why it's a problem. Now, can you give me some feedback on additional information that might be helpful 
in maybe possibly us changing our mind. But again, what does that take? That's being generous. You don't have to be generous, but if you're going to be like God, you, you can listen to them and it communicates, I respect you. I think highly of you. And I still have to be a parent and maybe set some limits that you may not like, but I'm going to explain those limits. And if you can give me some answers back, right? I mean, and there've been times when they've said that, you know, still not (laughs) good argument, but not good enough, you know, but, but again, if they make a good argument, we should always lean towards, okay, I'll say yes to this, but it's putting it back in them. That's, that's the kind of the culture I think that we need to um, do it. Cause I think God works that way. Well, and plus you're making them thinkers. I mean, hopefully, you know, working through that process kind of helps to make them, them thinkers and, and to, to, to really look at, you know, from different angles, what, you know, what they're, what they're wanting to do and, well, you know, the, you know, the pros and cons and the good and bad, you know. And we've always said, you know, there's no way if you just give them a no without an explanation, which is fine. OK, <laughs> but it's always better because what you're trying to do is get them to begin to think like you. And the only way they can, I mean, hopefully on the good stuff. <laughs> right. Not all not not everything. But but to get them to think like you, well, how do you do that? You have to give them. Here's my thought process. This is what I'm concerned about. This is why I'm concerned about it. And share that with them and then allow them to respond so that it can become something that they're at least familiar. Because if, it, if, if it's always no with no explanation, obey me because I'm your dad or I'm your mom, they're not learning anything. I mean, they're, they're, they're not. To love generously means you're going to explain it. Don't always have to explain it. I just don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> All right. There is time to say no, because I said so. I'm just saying you should not be characterized by no, because I said so. Mm-hmm. But All I right. do love the other part of um, his point in opening up your home, oh, yes. you know, to, to those, I, I guess, you know, having so many children and having so many children's friends, it's, it's just amazed me. Um, I mean, I guess we all know that the the family is under attack, and there's so many children who have lived in um, in situations that are um, less than wonderful. And so, to really open up and and be that light and be that example um, to kids that it is possible in today's world to, you know, to to be in a in a loving, um, supportive you know, yeah. family is, um, and I grew up in a, my, my family was, my family was that way. And when my mother died, I think I've short, shared this story before, but one of the greatest honors I ever was one of my best friends showed up at my mother's funeral, which was not a surprise other than it was the middle of the week and it kind of happened last minute. And the funeral was pretty quick after her, she had died and he comes down to, the funeral and he comes over to our house afterwards and he pulls me off. And I remember walk, he walks upstairs to just talk to me. And, and he said, he said, Trey, your parents were the ones who made me believe something I had never believed before that two people could love each other and support one another and help other people. And my marriage is based on what I learned from your parents. Now he hadn't spent, very much time with my parents, but there was enough there to where he, I mean, he was choking up. And if you knew this guy, you wouldn't think it would ever have happened, but you don't know the impact in the short period of time and the way you treat the people that walk through your door, your friends, what impact you might have. That was a 15 years after that child had been, I mean, that person had been a friend of mine for him to come back and say, I wanted to let you know that your parents are the reason that I have a happy marriage. That's pretty daunting. (laughs) But given that we should always look for the opportunity to share that. Mm -hmm. The last one, um, unless you had anything else on that one, the last one is love joyfully. They say God asks those he loves to rejoice in that love 
He wants us to live life more abundantly. Celebrate your life as a family. So create rituals for working, talking, and praying together. And most of all, playing together, which is nice. So he, he talks about, remember post, Pope Francis's encouragement, telling parents to waste time with your children. Um, we are created to be happy forever with God in heaven. The family that rejoices together, plays together, and laughs together creates a taste of heaven on earth. And I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, I've said it before. People have asked, like, what are your, what, what, like, where you are, where does your joy come from? There is nothing that I that brings me more joy than to have my family together and them share stories. And laugh with one another, make tease one another, make fun of each other in a in a healthy way, tell old stories, share their senses of humor. I can just sit back and not even be part of that, and joy comes out in in that. Is that? I mean, oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just well, and just. I mean, even of course that's our situation now, but. Um, you know, just growing up to, you know, just to to yeah. take time to to laugh again. You kind of go back to that, you know, making time the the quantity of time, um, because that's where those memories, you know, and that and that joy starts. Right. Um, you know, it's 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 foster and initiated and created. You know, by taking time. Um, and and I I really you know I encourage. I, I I remember after having number three, how I really assessed, oh my gosh, you know, we're like a stay at home. I'm a stay at home mom. That's never home. We were running and gunning all the time. And, and so I, I, I really evaluated and it was so hard to, to knock some things off of our schedule. I, I was really shocked at how hard it was because everything we were doing was good things. Right. Moms groups and kinder music and, you know, uh, I mean, all these different things. But once I knocked off, you know, I, I think it was like three or four things. Um, the peace that we had in our house and with peace comes joy. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're trying to, you know, run this hectic schedule you, you don't have peace and joy. <laughs> right. And so um, yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that struck me to live joyfully is to find, you know, to find peace in your homes, to, to, um, to protect, um, to protect family time. Our family time is, is so, um, is so valuable and it's, it, gosh, it goes by so quickly. Like I cannot believe <laughs> All of our kids are yeah. grown. I mean, our babies are 21. Where did that time? It went so fast. I mean, seriously, it goes so it fast. Really did. And, and I know Steph was always really good because, you know, you can get busy. But but it making sure that we at least sat down, even when things got busy, so that we could all kind of share what was going on at a minimum. You know, the, the get on the same page people or the gospel hour <laughs> Can't all say. our, go- our yeah, gospel go- meetings our on gospel, Sunday yeah. when everybody was home are getting on the same page to live. <laughs> so we, so we could, so we could, so we could spend some time together. Phones weren't allowed other than for schedules. And we had to be engaged and listen to what was going on. And that was practical. But what I usually found out, it wasn't just practical. We Something else would come up or we would do it, but it would be a practical reason. Like, we all need to know where we're going, who needs a car, what's what's happening mm-hmm. when they were, were doing it. And to get in the habit of making that time or having a family night. Like, when they were really busy, in, like in high school and even middle school, we would say, okay, we're going to have dinner together and figure out a date that there wasn't a practice or there wasn't whatever. Mm-hmm. And and we were going to, that was going to be us alone as a family eating mm-hmm. a dinner. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think definitely early on, it was me, the mom, not scheduling my children for too many things. And then later when the kids were older, it was us meeting and communicating about all of our needs and where we were going to be so we could find let, you know, in other words, you don't let your schedule control you, you control your schedule. Um, because that's where 
you know, you find the time to plug in and pray together and love deeply and love generously and love joyfully is, is making that time and being together as a family, not as he says, individuals under the same roof with the same data plan. Right. (laughs) And so anyway, I think it's, I think it's very important that we are purposeful in, in these things. I mean, those are four things, pray together, love generously, love joyfully and love Deeply. Deeply. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was a, if you're just joining us at the end here, it was a, um, an article by Lisa and Greg Popcheck. Our son of Israel. Yeah. Yeah. OSV. It sure was. Uh, and so I don't have a memory verse today. I actually have um, a memory quote and it was very hard to pick this. I found 10 great quotes from um, St. Teresa of Calcutta on the family, but I thought um, I thought this one. I, I, I had to I had to hone into one, so I I picked one. And this and this um, quote by Saint Teresa is: "If you want to bring happiness to the whole world, go home and love your family." Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I that's thought, a good oh, one. that's a great way. That's a great uh, way to tie up our whole little package of how to manifest, you know, how, how can well, your family manifest Well, this world where everything's kind of going crazy <laughs> and we think, well, what can we do to change anything? You know, there's so many bad things. There's something you can do. Mm-hmm. Go home and love your family. Make a conscious commitment to how do we pray together? How are we going to love more deeply, more generously and more joyfully? So yep. anyway, that, that means the end. So uh, remember, only God can help you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. And He always will. Always will. Pray for us. We'll be praying for you. God God bless bless you guys. Bye.